0: This, uh, this weekend, especially, I, I, um, I was sitting, I was I was going over things and I kept going and you got to believe it or not, I have a, a way about me. And if things get changed up, I get all off kilter. Does anybody like that? Like if things just get knocked off just a little bit, panic sets in. Right. You know, and you're like, oh, my goodness. I have uh, Tommy, I appreciate it. But guess what? I do have notes. All right. They're right here. OK. And, uh, I do follow along them, but if I don't have a certain page number of notes, I panic. Does that make sense? I I go, Oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to fill in my, what what I, what I want to do. And if I, you know, I'm going to miss something. And, and so this week I was like, this is probably going to be the shortest message I've ever spoken. And some of you are like, yes, right now. All right. Um, but I I promise you every time I tell like kid city, that's going to be a short one today, never happens. So. Let's get right into what we're going to talk about. We are hardwired for others to be in our view. Listen up. We are hardwired for others to be in our view so that we can make an impact and make a difference in their lives. You are hardwired to be around people. God has designed us to be people who depend upon relationship. We need relationship, believe it or not. The loneliest individual or, or not even lonely, but the, the the individual who thinks they need no one is an individual who needs someone. And people who say they need people need even more people. What I'm getting at is God has created us, every single one of you to need or want or have a desire of such to be around people. And the reason for that is not for you. I think you understand me enough now and maybe you're getting a lot of the themes of my messages. And most of them are geared to get the attention off of yourself. It's not about you. You were not created to be comfortable. You were not created to be special for you. You were created to make an impact in other people's lives. That's why you were created. Your life is gonna be remembered for something. The question is, what is that something? What are you gonna be remembered for? Uh, The last two weeks, and this is the final message for Legacy. We're gonna get into something different as of next week. But for the last two weeks, I briefly reminded or, or spoke to you about my grandfather, who was a minister, who was a pastor. Then I had my father who was a pastor. And then I had a great grandfather who was a minister as well. So, there's about four generations of us now going going down the timeline here. And what I'm getting at is all of them passed on something that I can look back and remember something that they have done, especially in the spirit realm, especially when it comes to God, especially when it comes to spiritually. So, when your life is said and done, and I hate to, 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 to say it that way, but. There's no other way, in my opinion, to say it. But when your life is said and done, what can others say about the life that you lived when it comes to Christ? What can they say about you? Are you going to be a person who has been able to leave a legacy? Leave an impact to a, a son or a daughter or, or a grandchild? Or, or maybe you someone looked up to you that you never even knew. Didn't even know that they looked up to you. What kind of legacy are you going to leave? see, the relationships that you're involved in right now, like such as your friendships, coworkers, even your acquaintances, was not designed solely for yourself, but for the benefit of them. God did not put you around specifically just for you to be blessed by other people. I mean, we all get blessed by people, don't we? Think of the friendships that you have. Have you been blessed by those friendships? Have you been blessed in those friendships? Think about the marriage that you're in. Are you, have you been, don't look at them and don't answer, please. But have you been blessed in that marriage? Yes. We get it. I get it. We all get things from relationships. We get blessed. We, there's benefits with it. I understand that. But even more so, you are a blessing to the person or to the person's. You were created to be more to them than you ever were for yourself. We must understand that our mindset must become selfless, not selfish. Our attention geared to how can we improve someone else? How can God use us to improve someone else's life or to impact someone else's life? Now watch this. We've looked at this scripture a little bit throughout this series, and it comes from Psalms 112. Uh, Psalms 112, verses 5 through 6, say this. Good will come to him, is what my version says, but good will come to who? Those. I love this, good. What is good? How is good defined in this minute, in this moment? But it says good will come to those who are, what? Generous and lend freely. Now, if you recall throughout this entire message, the word generous has been uh, pretty much one of the central focal points, one of the central themes. Understanding that generosity in this moment does not just mean a financial gain for someone. That's not what we're looking at here, but we have all been giving or I've been equipped or blessed with stuff about us that we can generously lend to other people. Watch this. If you recall last week, we know this. Everything you have and everything you think you own, you do not own. I don't own my home. The bank actually does. I pay them a rent payment, you know. But I don't own my home. I don't own my my truck that is paid off, and it is in my name. Praise God. I don't make a payment on it. But I don't own it. It's not mine. The clothes that are on my back, these are not mine. The money that might be in my bank account. That is not mine. Everything that I consider within my circle of possessions and I say I own, I don't own. Everything I have has been lent to me freely but from my Father above. From God the Father. So he says here, good will come to those who are what? Generous and lend freely. In other words, God is saying it kind of this way. If he's lending it to us, Who are we to say and take ownership of it that we can't give it to someone else? That we can't bless someone else's life, that we can't make an impact in someone else's life. After all, we don't own it. Imagine if God took on the type of attitude or ownership that you and I take on over possessions, over money, over things. If he did so, we would not have in our lives, would we? We would not have. So it's our responsibility to also give back. But here it goes. Good will come. Who wants wants good to come into your life? Raise your hand. Yes. Yes. You want good to come in your life? Watch this scripture. It gives you the answer. Good will come to those who are generous and what? Lend freely. Who conduct their affairs with what? Justice. And then Psalm 65, 11 says, This, it says, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest, even the hard pathways overflow with an abundance. What I love about these scriptures here is we can understand this. Not only are you and I judged according to what we give, but we also are judged according to how we live. Our affairs, judged according to how we live. So, what we do for ourselves usually dies with us. But what we do for others lives on. Think about that. What I do for me dies here. But what I do for someone else lives on. I'm going to try to break it down to you like this. This is a stupid analogy, okay? But if my, my friend here, Tommy, is hungry and he needs food, And I've got a home, cabinets full of food. And I'm able to sit down and have a great meal with my family. But my friend here, if he doesn't get food soon, could die. Okay, let's say it how it is. And I take on the food that I have and not freely give to him. Chances are he's going to die. Eventually, I'm going to die. Everything I took in, where did it end? With me. Watch this. He's hungry. I have a home, cabinets full of food. He's newly engaged. Congratulations. I think it's awesome. But there's a chain reaction that's going to happen here. He's newly engaged. He's hungry. I see the need. So I'm going to give him food. I've already taken in what I can. So what I've taken in now dies. But watch this. I'm giving to him He's going to take in, which is a really stupid analogy here. I told you this was stupid, okay? It's going to give him a couple more days so he can get married. (laughs) All right? He's going to develop a relationship with this woman who he already has. She's awesome, by the way. I know her. All right? Then chances are now they're going to have children. Are you following me here? What I'm giving now lives on. It doesn't stop with me. We all have things that God has given us to where we can step in and to make a difference in people's lives. So the blessings that God has given me doesn't end here, but it carries on and impacts generations to come. Now, so how do we do this? How do we live so that we are doing for other people? Number one, this, pray. Pray. Think about that. How, God, how can I make an impact in other people's lives? How can I give to others to where it makes a difference? Simply asking God that question is a prayer to God to where God can then begin to communicate to us and implement and, and, and give to us what, it he's, what he's wanting to do. Now, watch this. I'm asking you this. If this is your home church and you consider me as your pastor, I'm asking you to pray for this church. Pray for your church. Pray for the ministry teams that represent this church. See, oftentimes people go, or they think to themselves, most of the time they're scared to come to me with it because they know the kind of answer that I may give them. But they'll think to themselves, what can I do to do more for you, God? What can I do? Now, if you come to me and ask that, I got plenty of opportunity for you. All right. You don't want to come to me because, you know, I'm going to throw something at you. All right. I I get that. But come to me. I'll help you out. All right. But we'll go to God and we'll ask those questions. God, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? How can I make a difference? How can I do this? How can I do that? I'm asking you to do this. Pray for the ministries of your church. Pray for them. Pray for these what we're getting into called dream teams. You all need to mark your calendars for November the 12th, Sunday, November the 12th at 5 p.m. That is going to be our first official Dream Team meeting. What is our Dream Teams? Dream Teams are the teams that represent our church. They are our uh, Kid uh, Kid City, His Way. His Way needs a a lot of help right now. They need a lot of volunteers. They need people to pour into that ministry. Who cares about the youth of this island? Who cares? They need help. Kid City is doing awesome right now. They're flourishing. I'm so thankful, but they're still going to need help. Why? Because this thing's going to grow and become so big that they're going to need people. Another team that we have within our our, our church is right here on this this stage. The musicians and the singers. That is a dream team. That is a team that's going to make the vision that God has given us come to life. We're looking at starting new teams called facility, a facility team, where there's a a group of people who are going to just walk around continually seeing what needs to be done in this church. Rather than being directed to do it, they're going to take the responsibility upon themselves to see that it is done. Isn't that cool? Isn't that a pressure relief? Another team is going to be a creative team that we're going to begin here where there's going to be people who are going to look around and see the environment that we have and change the environment according to the seasons. How can we do this different? How can this look different? How can we enhance this area of our church? And God's going to continue to reveal more and more and more teams to us. We have an outreach team, a benevolence team that needs help. Now watch this. Sunday, November the 5th, or excuse me, 12th at 5 p.m., If you're a volunteer in this church, I'm asking you to be here that night. That is going to start something tremendous for us. If you've even been contemplating, thinking that maybe I want to volunteer at the church, just come out, no pressure. Watch this, I'm going to feed you something. Jackie, you don't have to do anything. I'm going to do it. Scary. I'm going to order something, trust me. All right? Come out, be here. This is where thing. you want to be a legacy, you want to do for other people when you pray and ask God to reveal to you what he wants and you pray about the ministries of this church and you're a part of this church, I promise you, there's a place for you here. There's a place where God can use you and is wanting to use you. Watch this, Matthew chapter nine, verses 37 through 38 says this. Then he said to his disciples, and I love this, that the harvest is plentiful. That means this, people are ready. This is the words of Jesus. You listen to me all the time. I'm thankful for that, but you need to listen to the words of Jesus right here. He says this, the harvest is plentiful. People are ready to accept Christ. People all over this community in Shinkatig, New Church, Oak Hall, Temperanceville, Horntown. Pocomo, partsley. people are ready to accept Christ. But if all we do is come and sit here and listen to Pastor Kevin on a Sunday morning, and that's all you're doing for the church and for, for the kingdom of God, then who's going to reach the harvest? I can't do it. I can't do it by myself. A select few can't do it by ourselves. We all must get involved. Watch this. It says, the harvest is plentiful, but what? The workers are few. Watch this. That means this. Because we're lazy, we procrastinate, or we continue. Watch this. This one is the one that gets me. I've been praying, Pastor, what God wants me to do, and I just, I I feel maybe I'm supposed to do this, but it makes me uneasy and I don't like that. So I I don't think God designed me to do that. Really? You've been asking God, some of you are in that boat right now, you've been asking for God to reveal to you and he's laid on your heart. Maybe just a, a weird thought while I'm speaking kind of passes through your mind. That's God speaking. That's the Holy Spirit revealing to you where he's wanting you to do or what to get involved in. So that brings us to our second thing, and that is we must give. Giving of our time, giving of us. What do I give? You give what you have. You can never give what you don't have. But you give what you have. Give what you have. What is it that you have? What are the interests? What are the abilities? What are the talents that you have? See, this is good stuff right here that God's trying to communicate to us. Because we get so caught up about coming to church and what is God going to challenge me with today? What is God going to give me? I've had a horrible week, God. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you. I'm testing you. You better give me today. It's not all about you being here. It's about those who are yet to be in here. And it's our responsibility. You can't give what you don't have, but you can give what you do have. Watch this. Kyle Derrickson here is a great up and coming contractor in the community. He's doing fabulous work if you need him. Go see him after church, right? Him and Bobby Yu there. He was trying to retire anyway, but, you know, it's not going to happen. All right. And here's a young man who's got an ability to do great things, to build stuff. Now, if you give me a power saw, I'm going to cut a finger off. God just did not give me the, I'm not that, I don't do that. That's not me. I can't build a home. If I get involved in it, it's going to what? Fail. It's going to be the worst home you have ever seen. But this young man's got a talent and a gift and ability that can be used to build the home. Now, as far as I know, he's not a preacher that I know of. Maybe God's working. I don't know. He's not a preacher. So he's not going to come up here and give a message. Now, I could use you to do that. I'm not saying that he can't. But we have two different giftings, two different talents here. I have to use what I have to the best that I can to help build the kingdom of God. Now, you might be thinking, well, what is is he going to do to help build the kingdom of God? We've got plenty of work around here. Just bring your tools and we will get you. (laughs) What I'm getting at is we all have different skill sets. We have different giftings. We have different talents. We have different abilities. We've been blessed in different ways. God says to do what? Generously? Lend it. Freely lend it. Use it. Take those things that God has given you and let's use them. Let's see what God can do. You know, there's nothing like being in the will of God in your life. You could, it could be the worst possible season and what you're involved in, but if you're in the will of God, it still brings joy to your life. You know, I, I, um, I came here a little, little over 10 years ago now. And when I came, um, I came as a youth pastor and I came on full time. And after about a year and a half, some things happened and the church was struggling financially. So I took on another role as a uh, insurance agent. And uh, I did that for, I think, five, five and a half years, something like that. Um, I needed to do that. One, to take some pressure off of our church. Number two, to help my family, you know. And I had no idea what the future held for me. I, I remember having several conversations with, with Andrea going, you know, once Pastor Thorne's done, I'm rolling out with him. I'm just going to do this insurance gig full time and, and that'll be it, you know. And I recall as I was kind of being swayed by God, I guess, or, or called or 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 led, um, I I became more and more unhappy with what I was doing. And the only thing that was bringing me true happiness was talking to people about Jesus, plain and simple being a part of this church. That's the only thing that truly brought true happiness. Now, as Mr. Tom pointed out, the last very few months have been very hard as the pastor of this church. If you're a visitor, you don't know anything about that. That's great. Enjoy being here. Um, And I had people, some people come up to me and say, wow, I bet you wish you were back in insurance again. I ain't going to lie. It didn't grow through my mind. (laughs) But no. I could go through the worst season in this job and feel the best joy about doing what I'm doing. Because I know I'm doing what God has called me to do. Watch this. I I say that to say this. Some of you are very unhappy. Some of you are unhappy in your marriage. Some of you are extremely unhappy with the job that you have. Some of you do not like the community you live in. Some of you, let's just be frank, are probably unhappy with the church that you're sitting in right now. I believe that if you would take the focus off of how your feelings are, and you will put the focus on what am I supposed to do for you, God? And place my attention on you. God would change the mindset and the environment in those areas that you're finding so difficult. Now, without a raised hand, I'm asking you this. Who in here would like that? Think about it. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 27 through 28 says this. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to what? Help them. I, I want to repeat this scripture again because it's, it's very impactful. And, and we understand Proverbs is, is, a, is the book of wisdom here. So God is sharing some really great wisdom. He's saying, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. In other words, there's people who, who deserve who absolutely deserve the help that God is giving you that you can impart into their lives. So if they're deserving of it, then who are you to say they can't have it? If you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. Have you ever uh, been in that moment where you could do something for someone And it didn't fit your time schedule in that moment. And you said to yourself, well, I'll just get to it tomorrow. Or you've had something that you needed to do within your family and it didn't fit. Maybe you were just, let's just be honest, you were just too lazy. You didn't feel like, you didn't feel like getting your butt up off the couch. Right. It's been a long day at work. You don't want to go do it. God's been maybe leading you to go help somebody, a neighbor out, that you see a project that they're struggling with or you see something that's needing to be done and you've, you've, you've driven by the house a thousand times. Maybe God's laid it on your heart, but you, somebody else will get it. We'll just let it go. Who are you to control their blessing when God has given you the ability and they deserve it, but yet you're too lazy to go do it? Think about that for a moment. We must do this thing called give. We First, we pray about it. God, what is it you want me to do? Secondly, God lays it on our hearts, so it's our instruction to do what? Give it, to do it. And then watch this. The third one that leads us into this is go. Romans chapter 10, verse 15 says this. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good News. Now I stand here. I don't have. I don't have pretty feet. I don't like feet. I think feet are ugly. All right. God calls them beautiful. I think they're disgusting. All right. But God has showing here, like giving an example. He's talking about preaching and giving. Giving to to, to someone, okay? He says, how can anyone preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? I'm a person who wants to bring good news. I hate bringing bad news. I don't like it, by the way. I can't stand bad news. And I definitely don't like to be an individual who has to communicate bad news. But what you have, the abilities, the talents, the things that God has blessed you with, is your way of preaching to someone in their life. And not in a preaching in a sense of a condemnation and belittling the, pe- the, the people, but preaching in a sense of you have good news that you can give to them, and that is is that you care. And because you care and you represent Jesus Christ, they then can see Jesus through you and, be, and have a communication of who Jesus is Because you are doing what? You're going. You're launching out. You're doing something others aren't doing. Now, I like to to be an individual. I want to be ahead of the curve and not behind the curve. Does that make sense? I want to be the initiator and not the follower. I want to be the one who starts something great and not the one who's going to follow into something great. I think we as a church... We have been labeled so much as followers within what the world is offering. Listen, the world, society is way far ahead of us on how we're trying to take care of society. They're reaching out and showing love and compassion when the church is reaching out and showing condemnation and hate and disgust. I believe we need to get ahead of this thing and find different ways, creative ways. How can we Show love and compassion to, in the world, in the community that we live in. How can we be the, the, the difference? You know, 1 um, Thessalonians, I think it's 4 and 6, talks about that we are charged to be holy. But if you recall, what is the definition of holy? It's being different and it's being set apart. The church is holy. The body of Christ is Holy. That means we are to be different and we are, we are to be set apart. That means we are to be the ones who launch. We are to be the initiators, not the followers. We are to be the ones who can take uh, uh, general contracting abilities and use it for God. We're the ones are, are, that can take uh, culinary arts abilities and use it for God. Are you following me here? Take what God has you, given you and use it. You know, Connor, you're getting into, you're doing like the athletic training, different things like that. You can use that to impact somebody's life for Christ. You drive an ambulance, you're a paramedic, you, EMT, whatever. You do some awesome stuff, life saving stuff. But you can use it to do some eternal life saving stuff. We are all placed in environments where we can make a difference in people's lives. We just don't have to think that the pastor or our teacher has to do it within the church. God has given us a vision. He's given me a vision. And watch this. It takes faith, number one. It takes faith for us to do this. Now, I'm not talking about just belief. But faith is vision. We understand because The Bible says that faith is the substance of something that what you are hoping for. I see it another way. Faith is vision. I look at our church and I see where we've been. I've heard of the great stories of the beginnings and I heard of, you know, what at one time might have been the peak for this church. I believe we're in the peak for this church now, to be honest with you. I believe we're stronger than we've ever been as a church right now in this season. May be the most difficult, but is the most strength that this church has ever had, in my opinion. But we must become vision minded people, faith minded people to where we, watch this, we see it. I can stand here and passionately give you this legacy series that I've done. And share the vision that I have for this church only because I can see it. Only because I can see it. I see a lot of work. But I also see the end results to the work. If I stood here today and I, God never gave me a vision for this church and I couldn't see it, I couldn't stand here and speak to you about it passionately. You need to understand something. Your prayer needs to be, God, let me see it. Show me what you've shown, pastor. Show me. Because, see, that is when we can put in, okay, that's where I belong. I belong in that ministry. I I can do this in my community. I can be a help in this area. When you begin to see it for yourself, you'll go after it. That's in anything in life. When you can see what the end result's going to be, you become hungry for it and you want it. And it doesn't matter what the cost is. It doesn't matter what the journey takes. You're going to go after it. So we need to understand that we must see it. Watch this. Um, Jesus said this in John chapter four, verse 35. I don't think I gave you the scripture. Um, It says, don't you have a saying? It is still four months until harvest. I tell you, Open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest now. Now. Stop procrastinating. Stop pushing aside. Let's go after this thing now. Let's start now. Let's make today the day that, you know what? God, what do you want me to do? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22 says this. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here, and what He is building. He used the apostles and the excuse me the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Think about that. We think that God can only use what we see in those scriptures, or has only used what we see within the scriptures. It says right here that that's just the foundation. That's just the beginning. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in what? Brick by brick. Stone by stone. With who? Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all together parts. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. By God, all of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. In other words, it's like this. Everything that we, the stories that we read, the the, the scriptures that we read, the, the examples that Christ has given us or God has given us through the scriptures are just the foundation. We're putting this thing together. The responsibility has been laid upon us brick by brick or stone by stone. In other words, this God did not create you just to sit there. God did not create you just to come in and to be entertained on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday evening. God did not create you to come in here and for you to fill up all you can fill up for your own personal gain spiritually. I, I, I stand here and I got to be honest with you. What time does church start? I'm sorry, what time? I'm sorry, one more time. What time does church start? 11 a.m. Thank you. Okay. That's all I'm going to say on that When Y'all got the hint. I, I stand here and I look out and I see a church. that's full of people and I'm so proud and, and, and so thankful for that. But you're not here. Watch this. You're not here for yourself right now. You're here so that you can impact someone else's life outside of here to get them in here. That's why you're here. Yeah, you're going to get a benefit from it. And yay for you. But you're here so you can bring someone to Christ, to get them into the part of the body of Christ, to get them involved in what is going to be the most powerful church that God is birthing right now. It takes sacrifice. In order to do anything significant, you must give up something. Think about that. It takes sacrifice. As a church, we have to do this, lay down our personal gains and our personal agendas. Go, God, what do you want? What do you want to do? A year ago, maybe it's been like a year and a week, but a year ago, I became the pastor here. And in my mind, I had it all laid out. I had everything step by step. I know exactly the direction we're going. I know exactly the route we're gonna take. And I know exactly in a year where we're gonna be. Let me tell you something. (laughs) God must have been sitting there laughing at me and thinking, Kevin, you have no idea what's about to happen. And I stand here and I go, And I I think back on it and I think to myself. This is totally different than the plan that I had. It makes absolutely no sense in my mind why any of this had to happen. And frankly, it did not have to happen. I'm going to be very honest about that. But God knew something that I didn't know. I recall many, many times, and I'm going to be very honest, that I would get in here on a Sunday morning and I would sit in that office and I would go, God, I'm not seeing what I felt like was supposed to happen. I don't get it. I would get frustrated. I would go in on a Monday. You can ask some of the staff that is here. And I would just be like, I just I just don't understand. I just absolutely don't understand why things are not going the way I think they should be going right now. I just don't get, you understand the word I in all of this? I, 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 right? And I would begin, I know time's going, just it's press Appreciation Day. Deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it. Y'all took up the time and didn't tell me. But I would come in on Mondays and I I would, I would be frustrated. I don't get it. God, I'm not feeling you. I'm not sensing it. I don't understand what's happening. I don't get it. And so I changed my prayer. Lord, whatever you need to do, do it. I'll be happy with it. And I'm fine with it. Do it. Clean this thing up. Make this thing right. Whatever it is, God, you're wanting to launch us and I know you're wanting to launch us into something different. And so God, even if it's me, do whatever you need to do. Now, I'm not going to lie. Part of me, when it was going down, was going, really? We had to go there? You know what I mean? But we must do something. We must choose it. We must choose to sacrifice. We must choose it. God, whatever the cost may be, You know what? I stand here today and I say we're the strongest that we've ever been. And I speak it out of faith because I see it. I may not feel it in the moment, but I see it. And God, my prayer is that nothing distracts that vision, that faith. Nothing comes in between that we continue to pursue and go after what God wants. Because understanding, it's not about my desire for this church the vision that i have for this church is not my vision it's god's vision who has given it to me as a leader they said and i I took that as an extreme compliment i can't remember which one had said it that that i serve the bible says i'm a shepherd i look at differently i'm your servant i'm here to give you jesus I'm here to give you God. If I don't do that, I'm failing. I'm here to give you vision for your life because God wants more for you than where you're at presently. But are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to give up your personal agenda? Are you willing to to give up what you have set aside because we are a routine people? You already know what you're gonna do when you leave here. And you know what you're going to do after you leave, whatever it is you're about to get into. You know what the remainder of your evening's going to be. When, can we get to the spot where we can say, God, interrupt it. Interrupt it. Because that's truly only when we are happy and we know we're in God's will is when we are following God's agenda and not our own. First um, Peter, chapter two, verse five says this. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, we must continually understand that it's not about us. We must sacrifice. There's an awesome story that Jesus spoke of in Luke chapter 10. Can can we jump there right quick? Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37. Did I give you that scripture? Okay, cool. says this, I apologize. And Jesus replied, said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes and they beat him and then they went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, He passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and he bandaged his wounds and pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell to the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said this, go and do likewise. Dr. Martin Luther King spoke on this very passage of scripture. I found this pretty, pretty astonishing when, when, um, it spoke to me, how about that, when, when I was looking this up. It said this, he asked two questions. The first was this, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? If I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? Make a choice. We're caught up in the first one. If I stop to help, what's going to happen to me? We get so caught up in that, don't we? What's going to happen to me? It's going to take me off of my agenda. It's going to maybe uh, shrink my bank account. Um, it's it's going to cause me maybe to not go to my favorite restaurant today. Um, it's going to cause me time to where maybe I'm not going to be able to watch my favorite show tonight. Are you following me? We get into the aspect of what's it going to cost us? But if we don't help people, what's it going to cost them? They're more important than you are in that moment. God has designed you to impact others. He didn't put people around you just for your own benefit, but so that you can benefit who? Them. And that takes generosity. It takes generosity. We have to do this. We have to, we must what? Give it. Give it. Psalms 112 and nine says this. They say freely, they share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and what? Honor. We want to leave a legacy life, don't we? We want to leave a legacy from when we leave here. When our time on this earth is done. I want my boys to be able to look and and have conversations with their children about how their grandfather stood here and pastored this church. You, you, have children that you're wanting to leave a legacy to and how you can impact in their lives and how their lives can then impact because you impacted them it becomes a domino effect i look at my grandfather and how he impacted me if he didn't obey could i look back at him and see the influence that he has gave me we all have people that have impacted our lives everyone is going to be remembered for something what are you going to be remembered for And then takes us into number four. And I'm going to close on this note. It takes urgency. Understanding that we are in a special moment in time in history. That we have the greatest opportunity to pour into people's lives. The scripture said that the harvest is plentiful. Meaning that Jesus is saying people are ready. People are ready for you to impact them. You might be sitting there today and and be thinking to yourself, but Pastor Kevin, I need somebody to impact me right now. No. Get the attention off of yourself. How can you impact someone's life? How can you help someone? See, that is the real message of love. That's, That's a true message of Jesus Christ. Jesus was the ultimate, what, servant. He always looked out for the better of everyone else before himself. Should we not take on that, t- that same mindset? Should we also take on the aspect of we need to look out for everyone else before ourselves sometimes? We need to give what God has given us and do it what? Freely. Be generous with it. I want you to stand with me this morning because this leads us into we must do this. We must do it today, not tomorrow. Tomorrow. Today matters. Today is important because you don't know if someone doesn't have tomorrow, you need to make an impact in their life today. Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 through 16 says this. Be very careful then how you live. Not as what? Unwise, but as wise. I love this making the most of what? I'm sorry, making the most of what? Every opportunity, because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity that we live in because the days that we are currently living in are evil. And we are the representation of Christ. We're the church, we're the body. We have a responsibility And we must step out and say, you know what, we're going to do it.